0: You get married and then you're starting all over because they got baggage, you
1: got i have so you much love. to look forward to i don't have a fiance <laughs> yet but i've got so much to look forward to <laughs> Yeah,
0: well i would start saving for marriage counseling now
1: Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 103 of the Between You and Me podcast. This episode is brought to you by our friends at JesusWide.com, your number one source for Christian music news, reviews, and interviews. My name is Jessica Morris. I am an Australian music journalist, currently grounded in my home country because of COVID 19. And it is my delight and privilege every other week to bring you interviews with people in the Christian music industry. And who just make music generally to talk about the things that hurt, heal and change us in evangelical culture. This is a place where we sort of go off the record to talk about the things that are really going on behind the scenes, behind the music and the stuff that you normally don't talk about in a press junket. Essentially, I'm asking the question, where is God in Christian culture and Christian music? And every week we find him. Well, he shows up anyway. Because we have these authentic conversations with music makers about their lives. This week is no different. We have someone, an incredible Christian music artist called Tasha Layton on today. Now, Tasha has really rose to prominence in the last few years. Um, And I've been so excited to finally get her on the podcast because she has this incredible story About growing up in the church, moving away from the church and the Christian faith, exploring a whole bunch of different spiritualities and religions, grappling with suicidality, living with um, mental illness, and then actually becoming a Christian. She toured with Katy Perry for a while, which is pretty mind-blowing for me. Then she gave up her life on the road, essentially, to go to Nashville and study worship and ministry. And a whole bunch of stuff has happened since then. Tasha is just an incredible woman. She's a real, she's a real force. And when it comes to talking about the things that hurt, heal and change us, she is an open book. But you also know that she's really done the work. When she speaks as such an authority and a wholeness and a kindness to her, trust me, when you hear our interview, you're just going to know it. Now, before we move on to this interview, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has participated and celebrated with us since our 100th episode a few weeks back. It has been a really chaotic time for me. Uh, Where I live in Australia, we have entered lockdown again multiple times. I'm not sure if I think where I live at the moment, we're up to like lockdown eight or something, but Even then, I live in a regional area, so it's not as severe as in in inner city Melbourne. Um, We've been going through that and we've had uh, some protesting slash rioting going on lately. And we had an earthquake earlier this week, which is weird for us. We don't get earthquakes, we get bushfires. We're okay, but it's just been like, you know, last year and this year, our brains have been all over the place, like we can't quite figure out what's happening with time and space this last few weeks has felt like that for me uh, which means that some of these episodes are coming late so thank you for hanging in there with me and a special thank you to our ever patient persevering producer Josh who actually literally takes these episodes and produces them very quickly for me normally and just sends them off and he's the reason you're hearing this when you're hearing it so thank you Josh we are about to play my interview with the wonderful Tasha Layton You are going to hear all about her journey, and through our interview, you will hear snippets of her songs from her latest EP, Look What You've Done. Just wait until you hear her voice. This is ridiculous. Okay, you're about to hear a short bio, the who, what, when, where, why of Tasha Layton. Then we're going to get stuck right into it. My friends, are you ready? Let's go. trained eye it seems like christian pop singer tasha layton has appeared out of oblivion in the past four years achieving phenomenal success with multiple billboard charting singles and being named one of billboard's top five christian female vocalists for 2020 but in reality we have just caught up to the wonder of tasha layton her voice and her story it actually goes back to her time on tour with Katy perry appearing on american idol and circling the globe to find her faith like a lot of us, Tasha grew up as a church kid in South Carolina and leading worship was as natural to her as breathing. But after different circumstances happened within her church, she doubted her calling and gifts. Deeply wounded, Tasha went to college to study music and she struggled with depression and was suicidal. Thankfully, Tasha survived and she actually set cause to change her life. She moved her major from music to religion and she began to look into different religions and spiritualities from across the globe. On her search for truth, she explored Buddhism, mysticism, and went to mosques and synagogues. She wanted to find truth and to heal, and she ended up back at the feet of Jesus. Now, it's one thing to believe in Jesus. It's entirely another to take a chance on returning to church again. But over a year and a half, Tasha determinedly went to a church, and she experienced community with the belief that healing could take place for her. It did. And with courage... Tasha enrolled at King Seminary, where she was asked to lead worship again for the first time in years. Now, if you're looking for a spotlight moment in the life of Tasha Layton, where the lead character realises or remembers what she is made for, this is it. Because in this moment when Tasha led worship, she remembered what she loved to do. And she went on to audition for season nine of American Idol. Now, Tasha was cut in the top 60, but it gave her contacts to become a backup singer for Katy Perry. And for four years, Tasha was on the road, traveling to no less than 40 countries, singing Teenage Dream and Firework, as Katie shared her story with the world. Now, in this time, Tasha also sang at Disneyland, she sang with Cirque du Soleil, and her songs were used on Nickelodeon. Taking a break from the road, Tasha went to South Africa and Kenya to work alongside communities in a missional capacity. During this time, the difference between life in these countries and her time on tour was so vast, and she felt prompting to step off the road. So, on returning, Tasha finished up with Katy Perry and she moved back to South Carolina. She went on to receive a role at the National Praise and Worship Institute at Tribeca University in Nashville, and she transplanted to Nashville where her songwriting developed. Along the way, she met and married Grammy and GMA Dove award winning musician and producer Keith Everett Smith, a friend of the podcast who you may recognise as part of Toby Mack's diversity band. Keith and Tasha worked together on her debut EP, Love Running Wild, which came out on Beck Recordings in 2019 the lead single, I Belong To You, has had more than one million plays on Spotify. And the follow-up single, Love Lifting Me, has also had charting success, reaching a top 25 status on the Billboard Christian Airplay and AC Monitor charts. It also reached a top 20 on the AC Indicator chart. In this year, Tasha also released a single, Sound of Heaven, with Chris McClarnie. Now, around this time, on a personal note, Tasha and Keith, pursuing their dream of having a family, Yet due to a back injury that Keith experienced before they met, this was actually deemed impossible. But if there's one thing that we know about Tasha Layton, albeit in this short bio, her life is full of miracles. You could even say the fact that Tasha is alive is a miracle. And on a trip to Africa, where both Tasha and Keith led worship, Keith was healed. Today they have their own family. And throughout this whole time, Tasha kept releasing music. Now, in December of 2019, Tasha was nominated for Female Artist of the Year in a new release today's We Love Christian Music Awards. And come 2020, she returned with new music. Her single, Into the Sea, is Gonna Be Okay, dropped in April and reached number nine on Billboard's Hot Christian Songs chart. It also hit number four on the Christian download chart. An EP of the same name followed, and by the end of the year, the song was one of Christian Radio's biggest songs of 2020. Get this. It had more than 10 million streams. 10 million. Tasha topped off the year with a Christmas single and started preparation for her third EP. Not bad for the chaos that happened in 2020, right? Now, earlier this year, Tasha released the single, Look What You've Done, a celebration of what God has done in her life and how he's defeated evil. It's just a sort of hopeful soaring song that we all need during a pandemic. And it quickly became one of the most added songs on Christian radio, and also hit the Billboard Christian Indicator charts. Dropping a three song EP of the same name, Tasha is now continuing to share her story while encouraging the people around her who are fighting for survival. I had the absolute privilege of speaking to Tasha Layton about Look What You've Done, the song in the EP. We chat about why she pursued Christian music and what it means to be, and what it means to hope and find Jesus when you are in the darkest seasons of your life. My friends, you are going to love Tasha Layton. For everybody who has never met you before, who is Tasha Layton? Oh gosh, you
0: know, someone just recently asked me to describe myself in three words, and I think that was like the most unique ways I could tell people about myself that didn't necessarily have to do with accolades or like, Stuff on your resume, that's all hogwash anyway. Um, But fire, joy, and freedom. I think those words encapsulate who I am and what I stand for and who I want. like how I want people to feel after they've been with me. I want them to feel that from the presence of God and to feel more joy, more free, and more passion in their hearts.
1: Yeah, I love those choice of words. And I wouldn't have expected them normally from anyone I interviewed. So I appreciate that, thank you.
0: It's fun when you start to think about, okay, what are my three words? Like it it might take you longer than you think. to kind of boil it
1: down into just three things it's not that many you know yeah hear that your latest i mean your latest ep was in june look what you've done um i feel like the title is like a combination of everything in your life but can you wrap up this precious baby of an ep for me and tell me what it means to you
0: Well, it's interesting because it it does have a couple of things that, like, really mean a lot to me on it. Um, The first one, Look What You've Done, is my life testimony in a song. And so when we walked into the writer's room to write that, um, I knew that I wanted to encapsulate what God had done in my life, just like the main crux of my testimony. And so... um, One of my favorite lines in the song is, I thought I was too broke. Now I see you're breaking new ground inside of me. And so just that idea of, um, when you think you're too far gone, often you could be very, very close to breakthrough. If you just hold on and give God a chance test him because he is faithful and he will do it. Um, and so that is on the EP. And then another story, um, about a song that's on the EP, it's called Braveheart. Um, We basically, someone had put me in touch with a woman who had been trafficked. Um, Mm -hmm. She was sold by her family when she was four, found when she was 34. And the FBI said that it was probably one of the worst cases they'd ever seen. Mm -hmm. Um, She was placed with a guardian family, much like a foster family for children because she had never driven a car or used money in a store, like that. And so with my history of depression and suicide, our mutual friend put me in touch with her because she wanted to take her life. And so she was a believer, or she is a believer. And so he thought I should just connect with her and talk with her about it. And so we developed a friendship i walked in one day to write a song and i could not write about anything but her because i thought it, my heart is breaking over her situation and things i'm hearing from her and so we wrote this song called Braveheart. and i left that day thinking okay i would love to share that song with her when the timing is appropriate and when we get a good demo because like it doesn't sound you know and uh i'm like well when we get a good demo i'll, I'll send it to her months passed Her mutual friend had reached out to me and said, hey, have you heard from her? And I said, no. And he said, well, no one else has either. She's been missing for three days. So because she's been beaten every day of her life when she was trafficked, she has a lot of seizures. So she was in a basement doing laundry and had a seizure. And no one found her for three days. And so she was in their ICU. They were going to pull the plug, long story short. And I knew it was time to send her the song. I was like... The timing is now when you listen to the words, the Lord wrote that for her for this moment. Mm -hmm. And so I was sick in bed. My husband was on tour. I was like, Keith, just send me the chords. I'll just record it really quick on my guitar, do a voice memo, and send it to her. We sent her the song and the prayer that our small group had prayed over her. And then they kept playing the song for her over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And she woke up at night. She woke up. Like, it, it was a medical miracle. And we all know, like, you and I both know it wasn't the song. Like, it's the presence of God. It's the power of God. He's so much But um, he does use us. And he uses the things that we have in our hands. And so um, that song is also on the EP. It's called Brave Heart. And then there's a fun one called I Got You about mom life. Like, I wrote that about mom life and how hard it is and how... Um, I feel overwhelmed sometimes uh, being a mom, that that one's on there too. So I'm really excited about that project.
2: And make it whole again
1: me, just meeting you, that your story and your heart and your life goes into every aspect of your music Um, and I'm this is also a very broad question so answer it however you like Um, I've heard a bit about your life and your journey um, and I know that you grew up in a Christian home now you're a Christian musician or a musician who's a Christian, however you like to term it Um, but your path to this point has been Incredible and full of struggle um, and still is, but you choose to share that so openly with people, and that's really a part of how you show your music. So as much as you're comfortable, would you mind just telling me a little bit about your life and how it's led you to this point, however you want to interpret that?
0: Well, it's interesting that you... Mentioned me being open about my story because I haven't always been open about my story. I think I was really, really closed off in private um, in so many ways for so long because I didn't want anyone to see me as weak or um just very, like, type A, uh, create a person that no one would reject, you know, until I read Brene Brown, and then I was like, oh, man, Um, I need to be vulnerable, and so it's interesting you say that, because I am really open about my story now, because I feel very free, one of my words, Um, but I grew up in a Christian home, I experienced the presence of God for the first time in a church um, when I was maybe eight or nine years old way gone God is your whole life, but it's specific church where I walked in and I was like, okay, something is different. I felt alive for the first time. I was very hungry for the things of God, for scripture there every time the doors were open. And I just really wanted to serve God. I was very excited to feel at home and like I belonged somewhere um, because I didn't feel that earlier in life. And so but, like, a lot of people I was very wounded in the church. It wasn't like, oh, she said something bad about me. Like, it was, like, really, really, really wounded. And so to the point where my family doesn't really go to church today because of kind of all that. And so, um, anyway, it just really wounded me, and I, I started searching. That was years later. I was a teenager at that point. searching. I uh, changed my major from music to religion because, um I was just very depressed and I was needing help. And I wanted to, I changed it to religion because I wanted to seek out. And so I went to Buddhist meditation camps and mosque and synagogue and studied mysticism in Europe for a couple summers. Um, and in all of that, I just realized in all religions, you're like striving to be good enough, you're striving to reach God. But yet again, he's like, coming to you, he's pursuing you, Emmanuel, God, and something about it, because I was very numb in my emotions, but something about that triggered something in my head, and I thought, you know, faith is a decision, it's a lot like love, I'm just gonna go back to church, you know, even if no one knows, I'm gonna go where no one knows me, um, and where I don't have to talk to anybody, you know, and, uh, anyway, um, that point where God met me in that place um, was at a point where I committed tried to commit suicide. And so I was at a lowest of low. And after going to that church for a while where I just decided to go, um, he said, the, the pastor said, you know, if you wanted to Lord, come up. And I left three hours later because I was just like a sobbing mess on the ground. And That started a new trajectory in my life. I could feel again, even if it hurt, you know. Um, I feel again in my, I remember my calling Um, when I was 13. I remember I was at a youth conference and they played that song. We will abandon. For the sake of the call. And I like ran to the altar and gave my life to ministry. I didn't know what it was going to look like. I I had no inclination of music whatsoever. I just wanted to be to other people what the lady speaking was to me. Because I didn't see her. I felt God's presence. And so um, I decided to go to seminary. And Um, because I remember that calling and then eventually ended up doing music again, Um, worked as a a worship pastor out in California for four years. And then um, seminary was very healing. It's like you, it's important what you learn in seminary, but it's also like what God is doing in you, how he's changing you. And so I feel like my... um, character just got firm in the word and um, I knew the word of God pretty well growing up in church um, in all those uh, bible games and you know everything we do in (laughs) church as a kid Um, I knew the word really well but it it was different diving in on that level and so um, anyway I ended up roundabout long story short I ended up doing American Idol um, got pretty far and then got cut realized like i feel like i'm supposed to be doing music outside of the church and told my pastor and he was like oh we've known that for a long time we're glad you're finally figuring it out and so um ended up singing with katie perry for four years and it's interesting because at the end of that time um my time with katie i just missed singing songs that directly connected people to god And I knew that it was time for me to step out in faith. But I honestly still felt stuck.
2: Open up your eyes. Darling, lift your head. And dare to take my hand.
1: do you like creating fancy slideshows for church or maybe you're a videographer a podcaster like me maybe you just love creating things and you need amazing stock music or videos to fill the needs That is where Soundstripe comes in. The team at Soundstripe are world-class musicians who have hired world-class musicians to create stock music without all the loopholes of licensing. Simply subscribe and you can select what track you want and license it as many times as you want. It's a great way to support artists and create world-class content. We love our friends at Soundstripe. We have been partnered with them since the first episode of Between You and Me. And we are so grateful for their support. If you would like to use their content or check them out, go right now to soundstripe.com and use the code UMEPOD at checkout for 10% off. That is the code UMEPOD at the checkout and you will get 10% off. You're welcome. Hey it's me again, big surprise I know, but you know what I love nearly equally as much as good music? I love a good band tee and I love a good nostalgic band tee which is why I'm a big fan of the Between You and Me web store. If you head there right now you will actually find that we have throwbacks to some of the most iconic Christian musicians and plenty of ammunition for the next catch up with the friends you survived Christian college with or who also survived being a PK with. Go check out our T-shirts, our hoodies, our masks, because that's a thing in 2020, and even our phone covers or notebooks. We would love you to take home a piece of Between You and Me and remember wherever you go that you belong here, that you are a part of a family of misfits and worshippers and questioners and people who apparently like nostalgia. Go and check it out now at our website, betweenyouandmepod.com, and hit the shop button.
0: Um, I did not feel like I had the courage to do that. And so I didn't even know why. I was like, man, I actually had a lot of success in my life in this area. Session singing and singing for Katie and my career was in a good place. Um, I felt good about my character integrity and what God had done in me in school and being a pastor, I felt firm in that calling. And yet I still felt stuck. And I didn't know why. Um, And I had kind of a mini meltdown. Because I was like, man, I'm remembering... The depression that overtook my life earlier and I was like I need to deal with this there's something creeping up in me again I don't know why and so I took a sabbatical and I went to counseling and I experienced a lot of inner healing I think there were lies from my childhood psychologists say that you your systems are set by the time you're like five and so usually wounds and trauma that happen after that you kind of see through the lens of you know from one to five and so um I delved into that time, and I went through all of those experiences and allowed the Lord to uncover those lies that I was believing about myself, God, others, whoever, and replace them with His truth. And it was incredible, and I've never been the same since, which is why my other word is freedom, because um, it's been amazing. And so then I moved to Nashville, because I thought, after that time, I thought, I can do whatever I want, because God loves me. And he's proud of me, and I can do anything. And so I came to Nashville and started writing, um, met my husband, got a record deal, and started doing it. So that's where I am now
1: oh I love that story thank you for sharing that I um obviously different trajectory for my life but I've also been in and out of counseling and have had depression and and stuff like that so hearing your story and how you've navigated that and even continue to address it years afterwards I completely resonate with that and I'm also really grateful that you have chosen to do the work um yeah just because it's you can tell in the freedom and joy that surrounds you um, and that it's God's presence, but that also translates when other people hear your music or worship when you're leading. Um, so thank you for doing that work and choosing that because that's not easy <laughs> at all.
0: What do you do when, like, I had gone to years of therapy leading up to that? Because in seminary, you go to therapy and you also do therapy like when you help other people too and so after all that i was like why do i still feel stuck like i know i know what god says in his word and i know what i'm supposed to feel or do but why do i not feel that and so it was because it was so sometimes we're not getting to the root of it and so when you actually get to the root Um, It's one thing for someone else to say, well, you know, you really should feel this about this or you should think this. And it's another to hear the Lord say, no, I made you. You're beautiful. I love you. You're pure. You're good. I made you just the way that I wanted you to be. And it's different when you hear it from Him. That's when it moves from your head to your heart. And it's like that's true transforming, powerful love where i've never been the same again in those specific instances i still you know, have the same inclinations but um those different hurtful moments they don't hold any power anymore but it, it does take a lot of work to look
1: forward to i don't have a fiance yet but i got so much to look forward to that. yeah
0: well i would start saving for marriage counseling now okay
1: gotcha yeah,
0: yeah. I, I feel like everyone should go it doesn't matter if you feel healthy or feel like you're in a good place or not like it's just good it's a good thing to do um especially you know with all of this uh focus on mental health in the last you know couple of years um Appreciate the focus on mental health, but I also know who holds the power. Like God is the only one who holds the power to heal, and so we can go to all the therapy we want. But until, until He's in it um, (laughs) with us, and we invite Him into that, I feel like it it doesn't hold the same weight.
1: Um, Yeah. Yeah, I hear that absolutely. Yeah. You have. I feel like you've you've hit different pinnacles and different lows in your life that could be really definitive if you wanted them to be. Um, and I'm asking this from the perspective of someone who has I've de- realised in the past I've defined myself by illness or success or trying to do something or trying to make something of myself. Um, you have hit so many of those highs and lows. How have you moved beyond? defining yourself by them whether it's like i'm the person who survived a suicide attempt or i'm the person who was like in front of us like thousands of people singing back up for Katy perry how have you moved beyond those those lived experiences to know that who you are right now as tasha layton is enough implicitly enough
0: i think because um I, i do end up talking about depression suicide a lot because um, that seems to be a hot topic and, be, and because of my history, but um, you're right. I don't feel defined by that at all, and I don't feel defined by Katie. My journey in seminary was so focused on being instead of doing, and the grace of God, and instead of works. I, I mean... I think the Lord really started my journey of being instead of doing then. And then when I had that sabbatical season where I really got to the root of things, I really because I was, I was a, an achiever, a performer. Like, I, you know, got all the awards and degrees and, you know, trying to, like, make myself feel better or, like, because like I didn't feel good enough. And so, when you don't feel good enough, sometimes you try to prove to other people that you're good or that you're worth something. And so, I think once I got to the root of those lies, that I what I wasn't worthless, you know. Um, then it didn't matter what I did, and so it still kind of doesn't matter what I do. Like I, um, I don't compare myself to other moms. Um, I don't compare myself to other artists because I'm, I'm so different. Like. I don't feel like there's anything similar about me or any of them either. Like, everyone's so different. And I think when you start to see yourself through God's eyes and your value and your worth, it opens up your eyes to, like, you're, like, smiling at strangers in the gas station or, like, talking to people in the airport. Like, I mean, I just, I have such a joy and an appreciation for humanity now like it's different I'm not just myself so I'm not judging other people so um man that that is freeing
2: in my perfection truth is i don't want to see my own reflection all these pieces are so hard to hold together am i the only one feeling what i'm feeling my visions I can i see the reason why well, my heart will leave me hanging in the season when i'm playing strong you cannot meet me in my weakness am i the only one feeling what i'm feeling running around Feeling so down, trying to be everything to everyone else, losing myself When it feels like work, when my heart aches, I go easy on myself
1: I'm going to remember that I'm judging myself so I'm not judging other people that is so good I'm going to hold on to that one um, I know that Keith your husband is also a musician has his own career how do you guys as best you can balance both having individual careers while having a marriage while raising kids how does that work for you guys
0: You know, like, number one, it takes a village. Like, we could not do this without the people who support us and, like, our community, smaller group at church, our families. I mean, friends, everything. And so um, I think for a long time we didn't do it well. And I think we're just now coming into the season where we're doing it well. And um, I think that's because we got more help. Because you can't do what we're doing without help and so a lot of times like for instance uh this week like I'm leaving for Kansas in the morning um Keith is leaving to go somewhere uh the next day our kids are here like and I don't know when he gets back I don't know when my flight gets back yet I have to look we're literally gone like day by day and so um I think it's just getting a team and recognizing the signs when you know you need some time so like if i start losing patience with my kids i know i need sleep like it's 10 times out of 10 a lack of sleep that causes me to lose patience with them and so um when i start to become resentful of my husband uh not taking out the trash or something like that's when um that's when I know we haven't had enough time together. So yeah. I can tell signs now. So like when when I am connected to my husband and my kids, everything uh, just operates differently. We're just operating on a different level. So when we feel that disconnection, um, and so just watching for the signs and having a good team um, and people like okay, if I don't have time to clean my house, let's get somebody to clean the house. Mm-hmm. Like. I can eat. And someone asked me, um, it was actually for Cannes Country's dad, David. Um, he told me one time, he's like, Tasha, would you rather clean your own toilet or write a song that's gonna That could change the world. And I was like, Oh, okay. So yeah, just putting some things in order of eternal relevance, because it's not just about, Oh, I want to clean my house. Cause I love to clean my house. Cause I'm really clean. And I love when it's really clean and um, I love the control of that too. Where I put green miles on it, but um, but I'm putting things in order of eternity and what is really going to matter. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to matter on my deathbed. Did I serve God and did I love my family well? And if I can't answer those two, um, yes, then I've failed.
1: Yeah. I, they're the set questions I have I have a few popcorn questions for you but have I missed anything or is there anything that you wanted to say about your EP or anything that I've missed?
0: No, I mean just go listen um, cool. yeah, everybody can just go listen um, I think the only other miraculous story that I would love to share is that my husband had known for 10 years that so he couldn't have kids when we got married and um I was told that it would be difficult for me, too, that I'd have to have surgery and shots to be able to carry. And so um, we went to Uganda on a missions trip and got healed medicine back, which doctors had said had to do with his fertility. And I um, first that night, and we'd be able to have a, a child, and we were pregnant with Levi two months later. And so um, I just want to, like, encourage people who are listening that... We do serve a miraculous God. And sometimes it's easy in the world we live in to just think, um, oh, well, don't blame the devil for this or don't blame the devil for that. It's your own bad choices or whatever. And that's true. And I think for a while we really needed to say that in the church because people are blaming the devil for everything. But now I think we need to remember that we do have a spiritual enemy and that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but principalities the bible says and that there is a spiritual warfare um that happens all around us all the time for our souls and so i think what i want to remind people is that we serve a powerful and miraculous god and to call on him In those moments where God reveals, like, hey, there might be more going on here than just your bachelors or um, your family history or, you know, all the stuff you're going going through. Uh, You might might be experiencing some spiritual warfare. And so just to say, God's miraculous. He fights our battles. He can take care of it. Call on him and he'll prove himself.
2: And all I want is rest from birth
1: questions for you a bit more fun, maybe deep we'll just see where they land so, my first question if you have to choose one Katy Perry song to karaoke to for the rest of your life, which one are you going to choose? hmm, oh that's hard
0: there's so many I mean maybe Firework um I love this song Who Am I Living For? Um, that's a deep album cut off Teenage Dream, um, yeah, but probably Firework, I know, it's, it's probably one of the most well-known, but, um, I think the message is all and, uh, every night when we would sing that when I would be really proud to be singing with her.
1: Yeah, I love that. Um, Travel is starting to lift and be open again. Next time you guys actually go on a family holiday between touring and everything else, what is your dream holiday destination?
0: Um, Somewhere without the kids. <laughs> yes. Because is it really a vacation when your kids are there? When they're little, no, it's not. I need a vacation from the vacation. So we haven't had one of those in a while. So I'd probably like to just go with my husband to either the mountains or the beach and just lay there. <laughs> <laughs> or just put me in a dark, quiet room for days. I would, I would be so into
1: that where no one's touching me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, my, yeah. La- my last question for you, uh, if you could go back, oh, how many years? Let's say if you could go back to um, just after you were cut from American Idol, and you're just trying to figure out what happens next in your life, what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now?
0: Don't stress out. Don't stress out. He's got it. And just when you think that you're like, going in a direction where you're just like, what is happening? Why, God, am I even doing this? Because I think they didn't understand why I was doing that at all. Um, Like, why am I going in this direction? now in hindsight like all of that was so important and i needed to do all that he taught me so much and so um man is it crystal clear years later like looking back at my story how i didn't waste a thing and how the things that i thought were like off track were like dead in the center of his will and so even though they didn't feel good like it doesn't have to feel good for it to be smacked up in the middle of god's will it's still be right in the middle as well and it'd be really painful. and, uh, and that's okay.
1: right now on social media at Tasha Layton. You can also pick up her latest EP, Look What You've Done. It's available everywhere and it is gorgeous. It's really important that I just want to tell you guys as my friends, it's okay to ask for help. And if listening to the last conversation was hard for you, if it brought up uncomfortable thoughts, if you were just feeling really anxious and you don't know where to turn, um, please, please call or text like a crisis lifeline in your country. It's not a sign of weakness or desperation, and it's not saying I am quote unquote sick, whatever that means. It just means that in this moment you need some support. If you are in the USA or you are in Canada, you can text Wiloha. That is T W L O H A to seven four one seven four one. Whenever I meet people, I I I get a sense of what they feel like, like how the room changes when they enter it. Um, It's probably a safety mechanism. It's part of my personality, but I get a gut feeling about their intention, about what they want. And I try to read that because I want to uh, be able to fully engage with them authentically. And even though the vast majority of the interviews we do for this podcast are remote and happen over Zoom or whatever, I still use that same principle because that's your one way of really getting somewhat of a clear picture about a person you're meeting for the first time when you have an hour max to talk about deep things with them now my first impression when I saw Tasha was that she is she's so light and I know that doesn't make sense but there's a real peace and rest about her that I experienced she knows herself so well she has such an assurance about who God is and she had such a a quiet confidence about her. It was something that I I appreciated because it settled me, but I also really respected because as a woman, I want to be able to hold that space. I want to be able to know who I am and my worth, and have this deep knowing about who God is and be so sure about it. There's such a sense that yeah, isn't imperfect. We all are, but uh, she she knows herself. She's done the work. And she brought that to our interview, albeit 35 minutes or whatever it was. Um, it's a real gift. I love it when people have done that work, have have found themselves, are finding themselves and share that with others. Because even just by being in the same room with them, even if it's literally electronically, you actually grow and change. It's like you sort of like you rise up to try and meet them where they're at. It makes you a better person. It makes me a better journalist. It, it reminds me to to be more like Jesus. I hope that you heard that in this conversation. Her story is incredible. Uh, her honesty is incredible. And I love that she is leading the way in a mental health conversation in Christian music as someone who has lived experience. It's not all she is. It is not what she's defined by, but it's part of her life experience. And that is changing the game. Like, can you imagine if I was 13 or 14 and I, I was so scared of the world yet t- someone gave me a Tasha Layton CD. And I heard these songs about God saving someone from depression or suicide can you imagine what that would have done to little 13 or 14 year old me? Like that's just incredible to have. And there are so many amazing women now um, in Christian music and outside of Christian music who are creating these songs and they've actually taken the journey. Now they're sharing that wisdom. I love that because back when I was a teenager, there were a lot of teenagers that I loved that I aspired to be like, who were sharing their stories and that was relatable. But now, as I like, grow older, I realize what wisdom and what heartfelt wisdom and love there is when these women who are like in their thirties now um, or older, they're sharing that, and I just love that. I think it, it reminds me that there's so much hope for the role of women in evangelical culture, in church, in the world. Uh, I mean, that's certainly not meant to be a feminist bent or rant. I, I that's not where I'm, what I'm getting from Tasha, but. It, gave, it just reminded me so much of why I loved music when I was a kid, of, of how it saved me when I was at my lowest point, about how it taught me what good music can sound like, because there can be good music and Christian music, about truths about God but without shying away from the darkness. There are a lot of thoughts to unpack there, but that's what I got from my interview with Tasha. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tasha. I'm so glad that we could finally talk. Can I talk about something with you quickly? I mean, you're here listening, so thanks. Um, This week, our friend Ross King, who is a singer-songwriter, he has written some of, I would say, like, the biggest songs of Christian music, like Take the Stage by Jimmy Needham and um, Thank You for the Cross, which the Newsboys sang. Um, He posted a meme recently, and it was actually – I thought it was funny at the start. It was this meme about basically – church leaders paying out a newsboys song when it was on the worship set list. Um, Now, I I love to poke fun at Christian culture. I've grown up in it. I am part of it. I read basically all the left behind books. I still love VeggieTales. My car is named after a VeggieTales character. Um, There is so much that is weird and obscure about Christian and evangelical culture in particular, right? Um, so when it comes to a good meme, especially when it makes fun of Christian music, because that's sort of where I where I do my wheelhouse, I love a good laugh. But then I realised that this meme was making fun of Ross's song. Um, and Ross was so eloquent in how we address this uh, and basically just said, it's sort of funny, but also at the same time, do you know how much this song meant to me? And that I actually wrote it from an authentic place and that the fact that this song sold like, and I got a cut from it was a miracle because I needed to pay my bills and feed my family. Um, And his caption, and I talked to him about this um, off the record as well. He gave me permission to share it on our social media page, but his caption and his honesty really struck something in me because I, I love that sort of funny stuff. I love poking fun in Christian culture. It's, for me, literally, in all honesty, it's my way of taking back control of my own spiritual trauma. It's a way of me taking back control of the church hurt, and it's a way of me proving to people who have been hurt by the church or who don't like the church that I'm not, quote, unquote, one of those people. And so when I share stuff like that, even if it's like looks relatively, you know, nothing like, look what worship leaders always wear plaid, which is a thing. Um, It comes from a place of me actually trying to deal with my own trauma and grief. And laughter is a great avenue to do that. We see comics do that all the time, right? Um, But Ross's comment and his feedback reminded me that as important as laughter is, and as important as it is for us to rewrite our stories as such rewrite our spiritual narratives we can't forget the people on the other side of that there are always people on the other side of like the meme or the gif or the joke now I'm not saying I get that right I mean I I created a t-shirt about purity culture Um, not about True Love Waits by any means, but I'm fully aware that I'm like, how would Josh Harris feel about that? I don't know. I mean, he was a big part of the True Love Waits purity culture movement, but he's not all of it. So what Ross commented on really provoked me to actually ask, what is my role as a journalist on this podcast? And what is my role knowing that a lot of these people in this culture and industry now are now my friends? Like I've talked to these people I know them or I know people who know them and vouch for them. It was so much easier to make fun of Christian culture when I could just pretend that everyone was stupid or sucked or was apathetic or was fake. But that's not true. Just being super real. Um, I don't really have a takeaway from this, just my own learning, which this whole podcast has been about, right? I started this because I was getting so cynical and bitter about evangelical culture and Christianity, and I wanted to find Jesus in it, and I wanted to meet people. Um, Sometimes your pride and some likes has to be moved out of the way so you can truly see people. Am I still learning how to do that? Yep, absolutely. And the thing is that there are some things that I won't find offensive that other people will find offensive, or vice versa. And it's somehow finding the grace to know that their pain and their experience is still valid, even if I don't understand it. There's no simple clear cut answer to that. Social media and posting things, the fact that everyone has access to it, that changes things. I did my journalism degree a decade ago now. We even talked about how that was changing journalism. Everyone can post things now. We can all post things without thinking about it, without realizing there's someone behind the scenes. So I want to say thank you to the creators, the creators who create the music, the, the, the T-shirts, the content, the people who create the memes and the gifts, the people who do it because they want to help others, the people who do it because they love God, because they want to pursue love. Whether you do that in the Christian industry or the secular industry, or from your little basement studio on the other side of the world, thank you for doing what you do with love. We don't always see it. We don't always get the recognition. Um, and it's very easy to have this whole tall poppy syndrome about people when they do well, like the Kerry Jobs of the world. I don't know Kerry personally, but I hear she's awesome. But it's a lot – it's really easy to poke fun at her if we wanted to, Right but I think she's awesome. Like, that's just part of Christian culture. We need to dismantle the celebrity and idolatry that we have, but in doing so, we need to somehow figure out how not to destroy people at the same time. I'm not saying I know how to do that, but it's a thing because people are getting hurt. Um, And I was really grateful that Ross actually approached that conversation with love and with kindness, but he set his boundaries, that takes work, and um, that's hard to do. So uh, thank you, Ross, for doing that. Thank you for having that conversation, for entering it with respect and kindness and integrity, but standing your ground. You taught me so much. You continue to teach me so much, um, like all of our guests, and so many members of the Between You and Me Family who are part of the industry, you are teaching me constantly. Thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for what you do and what you bring Um, That is all I have for this week. Coming up next episode is an interview with a really cool independent artist called Beth Whitney. Beth is so well acquainted with grief in her life, but she also has this deep, profound knowing of who God is. And if you enjoy the music of Josh Gorels or John Foreman, I think that you will like Beth Whitney please make sure that you subscribe to the Between You and Me podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're there, do us a favor, please give us a rating. Thank you to like the 18 plus people who've already done that over different countries. You are legends. It's amazing when we're an independent podcast. Um, And we would love your feedback as well. Now, if you would like to get in contact with me, you can do so. Just check out our new website at betweenyouandmepod.com. Sign up for our newsletter promise it's going to be great. And while you're there, you can also hit us up on social media at Between You Me Pod. That's all I have for you today, friends. I will see you very soon with our next episode. Until then, here's to hope. You're
2: never too far gone. You're not out of reach. The lies that you've been told. Makes it so hard to see You're a thousand miles away From where you thought you'd be Your promises they fail